Hello and welcome to Gundam I Hardly Know Him, the book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series, OVA, movie, in release order. My name is Michael and I am joined by my two co-hosts who are running away from their previous relationships and they're going to Francesca. I got Christian. I can't wait to hit the beach. Right, throw on my sunglasses and sip on a little pina colada. Okay, pina colada. Right, and we got Simon. A Bermuda, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanna take her to Mahama, 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 to Colorado. Morning, baby. <laughs> why don't we go down to Fred Chance? <laughs> you really will get there you, faster Simon, you, if we. You did so well, but you just you missed the landing. <laughs> <laughs> you were... forgot the name of it. I got. I was. Um really into i was just picturing Island. it was like yeah. as if simone biles was doing the and most this... amazing routine and then she just like yeah flopped right hey you know well, what i'll still take it that was when awesome we, when we retell the story mm-hmm. uh to our kids and to those kids kids let's put po- let's focus on the point where i just like killed it right yeah. out of the game exactly I, I thought it was funny but the thing is you're not wrong like even reading like the word Francesca, especially the way that they spelled it, just doesn't look like a word. It just doesn't look no real. Um, looks here's like a question. Weird, like Russian, it looks like a Call of Duty map. Like, yes. like yo, it's like yo, it's like, do you want to do Nuketown or Francesca? And like, it's just this, like, it's this, it's this, like, Soviet mm-hmm. testing facility in which they're like testing out their like tropical. Yeah. Um, like weapons, so it's like all inside in a dome, but there's like a part of the Call of Duty map where you can like go outside, um, and it's like really snowy outside, and it's like really That's fun cool. because like there's like a spawn point inside, and there's like a spawn point in the snowy side, mm-hmm. and if you like spawn in as like Spetnaz, then you start outside, and then you're like working inside, and then Simon, if you're if you're the you're just doing you're just doing Call of Duty's work for them. You basically just des- like designed That's a new so level. True. Yeah, you should charge. We- we're going to build them. <clears throat> yeah. If you're Activision, please pay your workers more and then also hire Here's me. a question. Here's a question. Um, mm-hmm. Do you get a t-shirt or a mug when you go? Do you bring it back? To Fran- when you go to Francesca, you go to Francesca? Oh, they put a lay on yeah. you when you go. They like <laughs> you land and they put like a lay around your Yeah, around as soon as you get back. on the tarmac. Um, yeah. I think I'd go Francesca, I think I'm probably getting like um like a tiki a tiki glass of some sort with maybe like a bikini babe on it. You know, so I can oh. have my own pina coladas at home and then like think about all the good times i had in francesca yeah if i'm going to francesca this this is what my weekend getaway looks like okay uh-huh. i get in the spaceship i touch down 
and then I immediately go and try to find where the mobile suits are because <laughs> Lord knows those aren't locked up. <laughs> and then we have, and then I create the show like mobile suit zero zero like sixty nine. We're going to <laughs> and it's kind of like a funny. It's like a funny like spoof. At, like it's it's like the beach episode. Yeah, you know. And, like, I steal a mobile suit, but it, like, turns out that the mobile suit is just a, a pool cleaning robot. <laughs> this is like a, like one of those <laughs> National Lampoon's Francesca. But Gundam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, like, you know those, like, pool cleaning robots that, like, roll around the bottom of it and they're, like, really scary when you're a kid? Yeah, they're just, they're, like, yeah. They're, those are water Roombas. They're water Roombas. Yeah. Yeah, I want, like, a mobile suit that's like that to clean the ocean. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what they have in Francesca. Um, but anyway, yeah, visit Francesca. Um, if you find it, let us know where it is. Oh, I've been there. It's great. It's a... <laughs> it's great. I was gonna say Francesca's a state of mind. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm there right maybe, now. Maybe French. <laughs> All right, let me hit you with this, fellas. Maybe uh-huh. Francesca's a fun new party drug that we oh, make. Oh, I like this. And it tastes it like tastes it. like sunscreen. Coconut. Yeah, it tastes like sunscreen, but it's just Molly. <laughs> yeah. We just mix we just mix mix Molly and SPF twenty. And you eat it with and a we spoon. Say, hey. <laughs> yeah, you eat it with a spoon like fucking pudding. <laughs> and then you go have a night out on the town with all of your best friends. I love the idea of like um like high school parents talking about like Yeah, I heard, you know, this kid down the street he was caught with Francesca. Like you, everybody's got it. You got to stay vigilant, like check your kids drawers, check under their bed, make sure they don't have any Francesca. Cause that's a, I mean, check the, like, they, oh. you got to eat your sunscreen. Make sure they're not okay? hiding something you, you, suspicious in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> like Bill, Bill, I found our son's Francesca. Yeah. <laughs> No, mom. I swear, I was just eating a delicious banana cream pie with that. <laughs> I know, I know, Francesca. When I, I see love, it, I just tapioca. I love. <laughs> just let me eat my son, tapioca. Son. son, where did you learn how to do this? I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. Fuck. That's literally we just described a backstory. You're such a hypocrite. Yeah. Gundam protagonist. <laughs> You smoke uh, Welcome everyone. <laughs> Dude, this is the fucking curse of our show. Yeah. Francesca was mentioned for like what two minutes <laughs> this entire OVA, and we're like, no, this is what it was about. Yeah. Like, I just want to know, really, like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot I want to talk about, but I want to talk about Francesca the most. Um, but we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll, we'll save our Francesca chunk for for uh, later on. Uh, welcome to. This is what season five, episode three, and today uh, we're talking shit. we're talking uh, War in the Pocket episodes five and six, and I think we're gonna wrap this baby up. Um, what do you guys think? Wrap it up. Yeah. Six episodes in a movie. What up, dude? Wrap it up. Wrap, wrap it, it up. up, Christian. Wrap, wrap it, up. it up. It up, Michael. Wrap it up. Wrap, wrap it up, up Simon. Simon. Wrap it up. That's the rest of the episode. <laughs> that's comedy, baby. 
It, you know what? That is comedy. That's the definition of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if we did that for like the next thirty minutes, <laughs> just to see how? Oh no, my internet, the router. <laughs> um. So. Oh man. What'd you guys think? I mean, like, we're obviously going to talk about it quite a bit, but um, the last two episodes, did you all enjoy this format of show compared to our normal exploration of a 50-episode series? Did you enjoy the the format of an OVA and just kind of the short and sweet um, form factor? And I'll let Simon answer first. Go, Simon. Yeah, I think I like this. I know that we have a lot of really big episodes or really big um series ahead in the podcast, but I really liked recording um mm. the podcast with this specific um with like an OVA with like a much shorter series because I don't know if you all feel the same way, but like there's time when we're like we're like in the third block out of like like eight blocks in a 50 episode series and it's like it it gets difficult to say excited about it which i i think we compensate with just like talking about bullshit which is like (laughs) excellent like we're never gonna stop doing that but like i i i felt like every episode of the podcast i could kind of come in with i have like you know four points that i would like to make known rather than just kind of reacting to what y'all are saying. Like I have a couple yeah. of like my favorite parts. So I like the shorter, I like the shorter mm. format. How about you? Christian? I mean, I, I think with Gundam, it's a sprawling kind of space opera. So I think like you kind of have to have those long format shows to kind of, mm-hmm. I may do that justice, but you know, a war in the pocket is an example of how you can get the same amount of impact, if not more in just six episodes and uh you know it was just this particular anime or ova was executed just so well it's like on another Mm -hmm. level um it felt cinematic and i think it was very satisfying that way and um yeah i feel like the short and sweet format uh can like have a huge impact yeah, I think it's uh, one of the 100%. things. One of the things that's going to be cool about, and it is cool already about doing this podcast and going through Gundam specifically, is that we're going to get so many different form factors with the, what we're taking in. Like we have a, next, we're watching another movie, and then like another OVA, and then like a long series after that. So it's just like it's nice that we get a lot of mix up in what we're like getting to watch and talk about. Because otherwise, yeah. like, if we had to jump in, like, after we finished Double Zeta, if we had to do, like, another 50-episode series, I feel like that would have been really exhausting. That would have been a lot. Um, yeah. And so it was just refreshing to have. And then also, like, coming off of the movie, I feel like it was nice to just have to have a show as opposed to another movie. It's just nice that, like, we get to switch it up so frequently. I mean, I, mean, I know there's going to be times where we're doing a lot of the same. But um, I think there's just, like, a lot of variance in there. And we can always, you know, talk about something else because there's so many video games, manga, and stuff. So I feel like it was a nice mm-hmm. a nice change of pace. Um, and like you said, Christian, yeah, totally. which we'll talk about a lot, which is just the the full scope of this OVA versus a series is just so different. So, 
I will say that um, I'm, I am like excited to watch another series though because Double Zeta I felt like was so good um, that I, I'm just looking forward to another like something a little bit more fun as well. Just because the the last two things have been pretty serious, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to something a little bit more silly as well. Right, something mm-hmm. a little more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, I can see really that. Nice, totally. Um. What do you guys think? We just jump into episode five. Let's freaking yeah, do fuck it. it. Let's do it, and then Darnach, Darnach, say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa, Bernie. Yeah, so episode five. Uh, yeah. Episode five is called yeah. "Say It Ain't So, Bernie," and it was released July twenty fifth, nineteen eighty nine. And look, I did the math. Blue album was released in nineteen ninety four. So, so Rivers Cuomo is a Gundam fan? Question mark? Confirmed? Question mark? In parentheses, real, not clickbait. It's confirmed. Okay, Rivers Cuomo in all caps, graphic. (laughs) Rivers Cuomo with a big, with a big red arrow pointing at Rivers. Another red arrow pointing at Gundam. No, Rivers Cuomo, uh, firstly, like, is a big yeah. Japan guy. Like, he uh, wrote a whole album in Japanese <laughs> with some other guy. He loves Japan. A lot of his, He wrote a uh, song about how much Japan. he loves Japanese girls. And... He, like, married a Japanese girl. On top of and, that. And on Wait, top of that... is Island in the Sun? Francesca confirmed? <laughs> No virus? <laughs> Holy shit. The plot thickens. Uh, at least so anyway, seven working... uh, Weezer songs have been inspired by Gundam. Don't ask me which one. At least. Guess one. <laughs> you have to do that math for yourself. Um, so yeah, my headcanon is that Say It Ain't So off of the Blue Album is in fact inspired by War in the Pocket. Um or they are both references to something that a baseball player said, uh, which is also possible. Um, episode 5 opens up with a replay of Gundam Alex's battle with the Kampfer. Um, at the Xeon base on Granada, the failure of the Cyclops team is reported to Colonel Killing, uh, and Killing decides that the best option is to uh, prep a nuclear warhead uh, and basically destroy the uh colony uh so that the alex gundam is fully destroyed because they are having such a tough time during this time with with during the one-year war with um rx-78 that they are going to any length possible to destroy the alex gundam Uh, a few of the zeon soldiers disagree and then they are killed by colonel killing um, I think you all both kind of spoke on this in the last episode, maybe a little bit prematurely. I was so confused when you were talking about the nuke um, because I hadn't watched this episode yet. Oh, so shit. Was, I was like, whenever this scene happened, I was like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Um, but uh-huh. I wanted to ask Christian, uh, what did you think about the kind of like in this last episode, in the ne- in this episode and the next one, the kind of scope of this nuclear blast um, versus kind of the small scale of the rest of the story. Did you feel like that worked well, or was it a little bit weird to have this, like, giant threat in a mostly contained story? 
Um, I think that it it works because at the end of the day, right, and uh, we'll come upon this scene later on in episode six, but uh, Al says something to the effect of, like, in order to distract the the cops, he's like, hey, why are you guys uh, building weapons here? That's why all these people have died. That's why, you know, this and this and happened, which is, you know, he's putting out a performance, but it's true, right? And um, all these people are arbitrarily, potentially, going to be wiped off uh, the face of existence because, just because the Federation mm -hmm. has some activity going on there, developing weapons. And so it's just in a, you know, war in the pocket, again, is that idea of how, like, um, the, the real-world consequences of war actually affect people on the ground, right? People like mm -hmm. Al and his family and his friends, you know? Like the, the body totally. of the dead yeah, child I mean, that's pulled out of the rubble, you know, in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the way that the, the cops... I mean, in this next scene, the police, uh, they approach Christina, um, and she's questioned about all, about the battle, basically. Kind of their attitude towards it, I mean, it, it kind of goes with that, it, that the, the citizens of this colony just, like, don't want this stuff to be happening. You know, they're trying to stay neutral. They, they didn't want to be a part of this war. Right. And now there's this this larger threat. So yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think that the that plot still works really well, um, and I feel like also including it here in these last two episodes works because it's like you're kind of zooming out a little bit and looking at the context of the people that we are following and we care about and like how they fit into this larger plot. Kind of, we got like little hints like here or there, but it's nice just to have that kind of pull back a little bit here at the end. Right, it's like it's like when you mm -hmm. hear about Syria or Yemen in the news and you know mm -hmm. you're given like say you're listening to NPR and they're giving you the broad strokes, right, of the developments there. But, you know, there are real people suffering and dying in those countries mm -hmm. right now and it's happening. And uh, you know, like uh, but that's but it's also connected to these larger abstract things of these like geopolitical things like competition between the United yeah. States and Russia and China, you know, and all that. So it's, it's a great example of that. Absolutely. Simon, do you have any, you have any thoughts on geopolitical uh, state of the world? Uh, I'm just going to come out and say this on the record. Um, I think uh, it's uh, poopy. I think that um, violence is bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that God is good. Nope. Just kidding, bitch. Yeah, I think that <laughs> Christian drawing that, um, uh, I was thinking a lot about, especially, like, you know, to make it more what's reflected on the timeline right now. Like, I see a lot of people, like, hearing you know, all of these, like, free Palestine, like, this and that, and, like, what they're not seeing is, it, and they're using, um, like, actual photos of, like, you know, Palestine and rubble and, like, all of these really, um, real photos in order to, like, get that point across, um, 
which I think is like really important because I think that's a reason why like Palestinians didn't really get, um, you know, the platform that they did before. It's because it kind of was this like fake thing that was happening overseas, this like war the same way that we like, you know, just like the same way like G.I. Joe was at war, uh-huh. like they're at war with Cobra, you know, and all this stuff. Exactly. But like, I, I think that the same way that uh, people who are trying to like help out Palestinians are using, you know, like very real footage of what's actually happening there, um, like what the Israeli government is doing to them. Uh, War in the Pocket shows a very real um, picture of like what the Federation, not not to like diminish anything that's going on in like the real world. This is a children's cartoon used to sell cheap plastic <laughs> models. Um, but uh, like it is, uh, it 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 feel it it feels more. It I don't know. Just like I was thinking a lot about that when I was watching it because that is something that has dominated social media timeline of late. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents on the matter. I think that it. I mean, aged incredibly. Right. Nineteen eighty nine. It's like twenty twenty. Like this shit's still happening, and like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. People are still using. Or it, it is still way more emotional mm-hmm. to see, you know, like a small business destroyed than like a ton of numbers showing like, you know, money spent on nuclear warheads or something. Yeah. I think like, I don't know, like, I mean, it is a cartoon, but I mean, we'll talk about this a lot, I think, as we wrap up the series. But like this show, more than anything that we've watched, has an idea um, and a, like it has an external thought like this show is so clearly not thinking about only the characters in the show, but also thinking about the people who are consuming the show more than anything we've seen so far. And so I think that's why like it's aged so well and it is so poignant and like probably why we've covered it more seriously and like had more serious discussions while talking about it than the previous entries into the, into the franchise thus far is because like the the meta narrative or like the the meta idea of the show is in direct contradiction of the show itself and of the previous shows so i think that yeah it's just the the clear idea of what the of what the show is doing makes it so much more poignant and like relatable to palestine and israel and you know everything else that's happening in the world all the time also too i think uh you know to kind of wrap it up but it does at moments intentionally make you uncomfortable which i think is i you know is part of all of that right and i think that's interesting mm-hmm. um you know that uh while keeping the audience in mind it's kind of like throwing some things back at you and saying like hey have you thought about this mm-hmm you know totally um so yeah good stuff that's why we love it um back into episode five uh back on side six christina is approached by the police fuck 12 uh and she is questioned about anything (laughs) the police find uh anything that could help the police find their remaining zeons uh, she is unable to help them, and they pressure her into providing more details, uh, but she doesn't necessarily cooperate. 
Um, we cut to Al, who is returning to Bernie with some supplies and food. Uh, and on his way, he sees a dead child pulled from some wreckage. Um, this greatly affects Al, and I think is one of the first times we see his facade of, not necessarily facade, but his innocence kind of peel back a little bit. Um, and he's he's highly affected by this scene. Um, Al makes his way into the woods where Bernie is packing. Uh, Steiner's grave is nearby, R.I.P. Steiner. Uh, Bernie is reflecting on a conversation that he had with Charlie, who was the Xeon sympathizer barman, uh, I believe. Uh, and in this conversation, uh, Charlie tells Bernie to escape immediately because a Xeon fleet will destroy the entire colony with nuclear missiles due to their failure to destroy the Gundam. Uh, Bernie tells Al that he's leaving the colony, upsetting Al. Uh, Bernie reveals that a fleet will be arriving by Christmas Day and will nuke the colony. Uh, Al thinks that they're going to be okay, that they can defeat the Gundam by Christmas, and Al thinks that uh, they can uh, work together to fix the Zaku and use the Zaku to defeat the Gundam. Bernie reveals to Al that he was just a rookie soldier and he never actually shot down any mobile suits and tells Al that his plan will not work. Um, I don't know about you guys, but during this whole conversation, I was just rooting for Bernie to leave the colony. Um, and I, I was kind of, I don't know, I kind of found myself rooting for Bernie as a character and I kind of wanted him to survive. Simon, what what did you think about Bernie and kind of what were you hoping for him here at the coming up on the end of this episode? Yeah, I don't think that I mean like if you were a like private in the military and your entire team got destroyed and you realized that this operation that you weren't even originally involved in has completely like dissolved, it would be a no-brainer just to like leave as quickly as you can and like try to find some sort of safety. Like literally everybody in else in the team is dead. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like like what's even the plan? So it's like either at this which is like it's been a very real show so far, right? So it's like it's either you're going to, Oh my god. You're going to do <laughs> What a, are you going like, to do? Disney Channel <laughs> Bro, fucking Christ. Listen, I'm talking about serious stuff here and my voice decides to <laughs> absolutely just it, it betrayed no scope its own it self <laughs> i'm glad what? it's okay it happens it, it, it happens to me it, it just happened to me ah! karma <laughs> so i was saying no all right that's like this. this i'm gonna this. talk like this nice dark and smoky show. yeah i don't know but bernie decided to say like a disney channel hero which mm -hmm. like was kind of the first like break in the fiction for, or like the uh or not break in the fiction break in the realism of it because there is no way in hell that anyone would do that unless it's a movie you know and like yeah. everything else and like it is a movie like that's why like that's why movies don't have people being like no nah, fuck this i'm out like that's like it's it's a really unsatisfying end because we've been conditioned to want this arc when a character gets wronged or something like that we're like okay like how are they going to dig themselves out of this to a climax but 
Um, in real life, that's not how it works. Also, one last thing I'll say about this scene. Remember when, like, uh, like Bernie and I were, like, yelling at each other and, like, mm-hmm. I won't eat hamburger or anything? Um, there's a scene where Al stands up and he knocks over the Fanta all over all the burgers. I know. I found that I, so upsetting. I know. That really made me sad. I thought that was a really good detail. I, like, to show how, um to like set the tone of the argument because like that's something that happens in an argument and like mm-hmm. you're just like pissed off you're like i got mad and like i just knocked over something and it fell and broke like i, I just thought like they didn't have to put like yeah. owls stepping on the fanta and breaking it but it just kind of showed that he like you know was unaware of his surroundings because he was so emotional but like that's the shit like when we say like all the subtle things in the animation like that's what we're talking about like fucking fanta spilling all over the burgers like in the middle of a fight and it's also like it, it felt, was yeah I don't like know. it makes it yeah. real it makes it believable it adds to the yeah like that's what would really happen like if two people were fighting in the woods over a ton of burgers someone would step up and yes, spill sand happens every single know? time like, yeah every the most, single goddamn time it's the most realistic thing that's happened in gundam thus far and I really think it's a turning point for the series. <laughs> <laughs> the whole series hinges on this moment. All over my damn Doc Martin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so Bernie pulls off the Cyclops team badge and reveals the transmitting device inside. Uh, he says that they were never friends and that he was just making sure Al wouldn't tell anyone about the Cyclops team. Uh, Bernie tells Al nothing can change his mind and he's running away. Al says that he hates Bernie and that he'll go to the police about this. Uh, Bernie tells him he would be executed as an accomplice. Brutal Bernie. Um, Al heads home and he runs into Chris, who is by the wreckage of a nearby house. Chris asked Al how Bernie is doing and Al asked Chris what she would do in the situation. Uh, Chris tells him she would fight and she wouldn't leave behind those she cares about. Uh, pretty like drastically, you know, in con- contradiction to to what Bernie is doing. Right. Uh, Bernie mm-hmm. at this Bernie at this point heads to the spaceport and he buys a ticket to head to another beautiful colony called Francesca. <laughs> it's so beautiful. beautiful. Meanwhile, a Zeon ship. Y'all catch the little like ad for Francesca. Yeah. Like, alone commercial. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, it looked like. Um... Oh, and we'll talk about. I have a question about this uh, shortly. We'll talk about it then. Uh, meanwhile, a Zeon ship led by Von Helsing. That's the name of this character, I guess. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that he he has a very <laughs> German accent, which is uh, a good. I love that detail when they do that for the Zeons. Um, his ship is loaded with a nuclear missile. He objects, but Killing tells him to continue on with the mission. Uh, Al heads to the police and tells them about the oncoming Xeon fleet, but he is not believed because of his previous antics where he led the police uh, to the Cyclops team. Back at the spaceport, Bernie is about to step onto the shuttle, but he sees a beautiful red-haired woman that he mistakes for Chris. Bernie pulls out some money to pay for a drink and finds the rank badge that he gave Al. Um, The red-haired woman, who is not Chris, drunkenly rambles on a telephone line nearby and uh, talks about her uh, broken marriage 
her husband left her for someone younger and more beautiful and she says that Francesca is basically a shithole, terrible colony, and she would never want to go there. <laughs> she feels like she's being like, she's like out to pasture, basically. Um, and this, sorry, so this is when I knew that War in the Pocket was one of the best animes of all time, because I thought I thought that the scene was incredible. I felt like to have such a a weird funny entertaining comedic scene in the middle of this is kind of genius and like just adds into the depth of the show because i found myself like actually laughing so much at this scene because it was so out like kind of crazy but the more i thought about it Mm -hmm. i think that like and we'll talk about it more again as we wrap up but like the 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 contextual idea that we're like, this is all kind of through the scope of Al, who is like very obsessed with all of like this military and like the hero story and being like a hero, like this kind of very much fits into like a typical story. Like you're going along, you have a plan, the plan goes to shit. You're kind of down and out. And then, like, you're gonna you're gonna run away. You're gonna like cash in all your chips, and then something happens, like, out of nowhere, something random, like a like a weird, funny conversation that makes you change your mind. And now you're gonna like you're gonna go back out there, and you're gonna win the war for everybody back home. And it's like this build to then a subversion at the end, which we'll obviously get to. And I felt like this just more plays into this kind of like hero's journey, like false kind of narrative that the story's getting into. Right. And it's also funny as fuck. It's just good. It's just a good scene. It's setting you up yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I but agree. I agree. Setting yeah. up my expectations. It totally is. And like I don't I don't know if like Yeah, I don't know if any of us necessarily would think that like this is going to go the way that you would think. But I think the, the point is more that it, it's like, what would Al think the, the stories go to and Al like representing like the uh-huh. Al, like, big robots kind of crowd of Gundam fans. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really want to talk about is we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but what do you guys do you all think that francesca is nice or do you think it's kind of a shithole like she was saying christian i think francesca is like this um a resort colony but really it has this dark underbelly where Mm -hmm. uh they will like invite vulnerable Uh... people like hey do you want a job and make money and this and that? And so they get them there. And then next thing you know, they're like slaves. And I think that's what she was talking about. I think Mm -hmm. Francesca is like, if they made the hotel Caesar's palace in Las Vegas, an entire colony like you know how Caesar's yeah. Palace has like a blue sky painted on the top with like all these angels. It's kind of. 
I think that like Francesca. It's really has, got like, Hotel California vibes. Over it, you know. Oh, there's it. just like, yeah. You never leave. You never leave camp. Yeah, but like, but like the classic story that you'll like hear in like Charlie's Bar is like, like this is like something that like people say is like a saying. It's like, oh, everyone can afford the plane ticket to Francesca, but no one can afford the plane ticket back. You know, right? Because like. What happens if Francesca like, stays at like, Francesca? Stays literally. Oh, literally. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Exactly. <laughs> but there's like some cool parts of Francesca. Like Francesca has like a really good underground music scene, but like you're never gonna find it if you're just a tourist. You know what I'm saying? Like because totally. like Francesca has a college on the northern part of it that is like used for like I it I think it's mostly marine biology, but like a lot yeah. of kids like find it, you know kind of on a whim like they're they it's not necessarily their first choice but they kind of like formed a community there um to try to maybe reject the more traditional um population of francesca who are just kind of putting it all into the entertainment and gambling industry there yeah hurts a bit of a party school though like uh you might not think this but it's a bit of a party school like like the ratio is like 50 50 which is like perfect for yeah. most things if you know yeah. what i'm it's saying like, it's like dude like if you're gonna come here you gotta know it's kind of a party school like you go out on saturday night like i mean honestly like everybody starts partying on thursday like thursday's like dude. the actual start of party babes dude i like drink Everywhere. with the professor you know yeah. like i like drink with the professor yeah, oh dude. my god <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing ever was whatever everyone our age was in college and you go visit them and they'd be like, yeah, yeah it's a bit of a party <laughs> school. Yeah. Like, uh, we don't, we don't really know. Like, you don't know, you wouldn't know, but like, it's a bit of a party school. And you're like, you go to like a small <laughs> state college. There's like 20 people here. <laughs> Bro, you're drinking like a thirty rack of Coors Light in your apartment while watching problem. South Park. It's not a party school, bro. Like, yeah, this is called alcoholism, my guy. Uh, but my uh, my theory on Francesca is that it's like one of it's like you know how uh, everybody goes to Ibiza, and it's like the party. In, in Spain, it's like the the place where you go for those crazy parties and like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think so. There's like lesser known Spanish towns where mostly British tourists go to. Like it's basically like Florida, um, for British people where they go to fuck oh. off and be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and I think uh, Francesca's like Marbella or one Spanish of those Spanish Florida. Yeah, it's basically Spanish Florida. And like you get in the water, but it's or just Francesca like... is just like American Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably it's just like Florida to be honest. It's like Co- it's like Cocoa Beach or some shit uh, like that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida used to be Spanish. <sighs> oh, that's so true. That's a good point. Fort Lauderdale yeah. used to be an actual fort. I miss those days. Yeah, dude. When it was a fort. <laughs> We go there on spring break and like fight a war. Yeah, dude. Life or death, dude. Life or death. 
This fucking Spanish mission is kind of a party fort, you know what I'm saying? We're a little bit more of a a party branch of the British international military. We're kind of more of a a party section of the East Indian Trading Company, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we work really hard, but we party even harder, dude. I'm like Thursday night. Read Black Flag right now. What do you do on Thursday? You drink on Thursday? Yeah. You sound like my father. Okay. Yeah, what do you do on Wednesday? You drink? And what do you do on Tuesday? Thursday. You drink? And what do you do on Monday? Oh, you drink? Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday, baby. That's what, like, pissed Turn me off about Tuesday. college. Like, they had they, they had a fucking, like, lazy-ass, um, mm. uh, what's it called? Alliteration for every single day of the week that would, like, indicate drinking. Like, it's like, <laughs> what's fucking Monday? tequila Tuesday. Monday is... Margarita Monday. Wednesday is wash down that tequila. Wednesday. Um. So recently, recently I had a, I had a coworker who we would have these daily meetings, and every Tuesday, uh, she would say, yeah. like, "Oh, happy Taco Tuesday to everybody. Is everybody getting tacos today?" I'd be like, "No." <laughs> I'm secular. I don't, I don't celebrate Taco Tuesday. I don't believe in God. Sorry, homie. I'm gonna Je- Jehovah Witness. I don't. Se- I don't celebrate Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Means nothing Dude. to me. Dude, do Jehovah Witnesses celebrate Thirsty Thursday? <laughs> More dead to me than your dead mother. Also, that's so many tacos. <laughs> Committing to that once a week. Yeah. She would also say, like, uh, what was the other, like, oh, work hard, play hard. Every Dude, the- every Friday, like, oh, I'm so glad it's Friday, you know, work hard, play hard. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what are you doing? Are you, like, going to What Target? are you playing? <laughs> yeah, what are you playing? Like, the- I, I don't <laughs> I'm going know. going to Chuck E. Cheese and running really <laughs> fast. Like, are you playing so hard that you're working? Or hey, working hard or hardly working. Hey, <laughs> out fishing. I'm playing so hard right now. Fuck it. Hey, want to go play this weekend? Hey, I, w- I worked really hard earlier in the I'm week, and I have to harder. live up to this. Ready to play? <laughs> hey, want to go throw the frisbee? I'm gonna run as fast as I fucking can. What a no, man, I'm a student. No, I'm a student athlete, so I'm just grinding 24 seven. No, no, I'm not work hard, play hard. I'm, oh, I'm just man. grinding, uh, just working. You know, John trying to get that. <laughs> I go to class, practice. Rest, rest in peace, Jonathan. Pit, sleep. That's it. <laughs> Except for my pre-workout uh, and my post-workout. Dude, okay, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I wish you two were student athletes because that would make me look so much cooler. Like if, like if we... I was recording a Gundam podcast with two student, student athletes, athletes. Just imagine. Yeah. I could be a student athlete. Uh, just, you know. Dude, re-enroll in school, become an athlete. Then we talk. I'll be on the uh, fishing team. On the golf team, actually. Christian, uh, Simon and I had this conversation in real life recently, but if... Do you know the hyperbolic... Never talk in real life. Do you you know the hyperbolic chamber from Dragon Ball Z where you get, like, a bunch of time? Yeah. Like, time multiplies? Uh Uh-huh. Like, free time. Okay, so here's the premise. You get one of those chambers where you get a bunch of time. 
And basically, the time on the outside world moves slowly, and time for you moves very quickly. And you have to train to become a professional athlete at any sport in the world. But you want to get it done as quickly as possible so you can rejoin the real world. So you're trying to find... Well, one would take you basketball. to the Exactly. So what... Go ahead. What was it? Basketball. You think that you, you of think... all sports okay. on the face of the earth <laughs> okay. or earth, it would take you the shortest time to become professional, professional level basketball. at basketball? Yeah. At least semi-pro. Okay. At right, least semi-pro question. No, no, no. I want you to take into consideration here that you are your own age. Like, you're not like 21. Like, right now, I'm 28? You're, yeah, you're, you're oh, 28. Oh, I thought you were thinking, like, primetime age. No, no, no. Right now. Right now? Yeah, because Michael kind of fit. Michael gave me this question, and, like, I'm 23, and I said soccer, and Michael's like, you're far too old for soccer. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? Fuck, I mean, it also depends, like, in the context of the question, like... Are we going tier one? Like, I feel like you need to be, like, to make a living. Like, make a, a living enough to, you know, pay the well, What I imagine is there's, like, a news article that comes out that they're just, like, Wonder Man emerges from his fucking house and is really good at basketball. It's drafted immediately. What about... No, like, it doesn't... the military. It doesn't matter how good you are at 28, you're never going to get a look at soccer or basketball or football maybe baseball because I, I don't i think feel like football those guys maybe older. Like football really it happens good football yeah, you, like that could, that could like happen. yeah like mark Wahlberg in that movie um ah what was the quarterback for the rams transformers, uh, transformers. kurt something he was a grocery boy uh, really? Yeah. yeah, and he like went to tryouts and, and stuff like that. He would take people's, he would take people's groceries and throw them <laughs> into the bag, and that's what he threw a loaf of bread like really with a really good spiral, and it just so happened that the Eagles perfect spiral guy was there and drafted him. Simon, what what did I Kurt say? Warner. What was my sport? Kurt Warner. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think I said boxing. Because like, oh I, yeah, I you said boxing. I don't think it would take that long for for me to train to, and I have the body for it, just like size. Um, and well, I've done, Michael I've, was making the point that like boxing isn't a real like isn't like doesn't require like no. your athleticism. You just have to kind of show up. Like, yeah, I think you can work hard enough to be a good boxer. Boxing, like it's yeah. all training. There's not, I mean, like, and I mean, I've done a good amount in my in the past, so I'm not like completely out of my element. So that that was my I think that I could do that in like six or seven years. I could probably do golf. What? I wonder if I could probably get pro level at golf if I had all the time in the world. Golf was thrown around when we were talking. It's not a bad one because it's not like super athletic, and I feel like well it because also... we're not taking into like how expensive a sport is to get into it because that's why yeah. like I think I originally said um Formula One. <laughs> 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 and Michael said that I couldn't be a Formula One driver, and I'm like, no. If no. I'm in like a hyperbolic chamber and I have like FF, like F1 2021 on my PS4, like I could train to be a good Formula. Or you actually could. I bet if okay, hypothetically, if we change the situation to where you had unlimited amount of money, because in F1, if you have enough money, you can 
have your own team and drag <laughs> yeah that's a good want. point christian well no i i think you know, that like, it's, not, so... it's not like inside the chamber you get all the resources you need to train but he would still have to like <laughs> when you come back into the real world world you're just you you don't have any of those resources that's what i'm saying when it, he like when he comes back to the real world let's say he has all everything he needs yeah he could he probably could for argument's sake <laughs> no, when I'm could. when I'm in the hyperbolic chamber, I'm training an algorithm to mine Bitcoin. So I'm mining Bitcoin <laughs> at a faster rate than the outside world can even comprehend. So when I come out, I'm able to start my F1 team because I have like exactly. a bajillion dollars. Unlimited of money. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for the Gundam talk, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Back to the show. Bitch, we're virgins. Uh... <laughs> The correct answer is uh, more time to jerk off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> more, more time to shit. Yep. And come. Yep. This is the show. <laughs> I could shit the amount of shit you do in a year. I could shit ten years worth this of is, duty. This is the podcast we've we've done. Like, I could I could fill a so, swimming pool with piss. We put so many hours into this, like. In a day. If you take it, if you take into consideration how long these recordings take and like all the planning, all the time that I spend editing and like I can drink enough Gatorade and it's like you know to I'm sustain fine with it, my libido. But I just want you to know that this is what to the show fill is. the listener a regulation size Olympic swimming pool. This is what it is with so. my own semen in a hyperbolic chamber. I think uh, it's like a symphony of like Simon's. <laughs> Potty humor and Michael's narration. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's the most beautiful game. It's the most beautiful game. Anyway, to wrap up this episode, uh, yeah, Bernie returns to the colony and he burns his ticket to Francesca. Al sits in his room, worried about everyone. So his, emo. And his mother tells him that he has a call from Bernie. Um, Al. Uh, Al tells Bernie that he's sorry, and he said that he doesn't uh, actually think what he said before. Bernie tells Al he's decided not to run, and he's going to take down that Gundam. And Al says that he's going to help him, and he says that he loves him. But Bernie does not say, I love you back, because Bernie's well aware of like the child-adult relationship, and he knows that it's not necessarily kosher to tell a child that you've known for a couple of weeks that you love them. Um, so Bernie doesn't say I love you back. Yeah. And what a responsible decision, Bernie. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. And it's set, it's setting that's up. That's the end of the Dude, episode. When I was laying on the bed. Uh, there are it's... a few elements of the episode I wanted to touch on before we move on. But yeah, do part it. of like the Al's character, uh, transformation or progression in this episode was really amazingly well done in some like very short but very poignant moments like when he's in the arcade and he sees all these oh, war yeah. games and he gets all these like, oh, yeah. uh, these like visions and uh, flashes of of horrible scenes and the artwork um is amazing um especially like also, some of the scenes um... where <clears throat> Go ahead. The uh, in the arcade, the um, the like mobile suit that the kids are playing with at the arcade looks exactly like Fa Yuri's mobile suit from Zeta. 
Like it looks so similar to I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but Fa's like transforming mobile suit. Is that Hikushiki? That her, no, it's the one that her and Rekawa both I think pilot. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I I, oh. I can look it up here shortly, but it Me looks either. so similar to it, which I thought was an interesting idea. Or interesting inclusion. Anyway, go ahead, Christian. And then the next important scene is when he runs into his buddies on the street and uh they're like showing showing him all this like war paraphernalia like bullet casings and this and like that and obviously now war is real for al like it's not a game to him anymore he's you know um and his friends are like oh my gosh you know this and that and he starts crying he has starts having this emotional breakdown his friends don't understand they're still all still caught up in this jingoism and and uh, war fetishization. And it's this, this amazing moment where he... It's like, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, like listeners or uh, Michael and Simon, but when you've read a book or you've had an experience and the world just isn't the same anymore after that, that's an incredible feeling. And I think they do a great job of like capturing that, you know? kind of experience that we all have on some level mm-hmm. yeah but no pee. yeah yeah and, i mean and like when al was just like laying on his bed too just like stressed out like i don't know when i was a kid i had like really really bad anxiety about a lot of stuff like mostly related to like school and like friends and stuff and i would just do the same thing just like go home and like lay on my bed and just like be anxious and like stagnant and like that scene where Al was doing that I just um I don't know it was like hard to watch a little right it wasn't like hard to watch and like I wanted to turn it off I'm just like fuck like that sucks that you're feeling this right now because like I don't, there there was like times where like I knew that like like I lied to my parents and I knew I was gonna get caught in a lie but it was like only a matter of time it was like mm-hmm. I knew that, like, some event would happen that would make them realize that I was lying. And I would just, like, lay in my bed and just, like, be still and just have all these, have this, like, really graphic imagery of, like, all this bad stuff that was going to happen to me. And, like, that's exactly what Al was going through. Totally. Yeah. It really helped carry the weight of what was happening. And, like, I don't know. Like, he's experiencing PTSD. Like, he saw a lot of people die and saw a lot of things destroyed and a lot of it's yeah. kind of his fault. I don't know if he understands that or, you know, some of it is his fault. Um, I don't think he does, but you know, he's complicit in this and uh, he's just kind of, it's almost like watching uncut gems or good time. Those movies where somebody's just like trying to figure out how to solve a situation <laughs> that they put themselves in is really stressful. It's like in trouble the entire movie and then it just yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This movie stressed me the fuck out. Wait, Christian, have you seen Good Time? Uh-huh. And I also haven't oh, seen Outcut right. Gems, which I need to see. Dude, they're like, it's just like watching someone who's like in a fucked up situation and then the movie ends. Yeah. Like, and they didn't get out of the fucked up situation. It's just like, 
I don't. It, it's a really specific type of movie yeah. that elicits a very specific emotion. What's that? And it's cool. Have you guys seen that movie where it's this bachelor party and they go to Las Vegas and like one thing leads to another, like one bad decision leads to another bad decision. Are you talking about? <laughs> Is it literally good times? Is that what I'm talking about? No, I think you're talking about The Hangover. Is what it sounds like. No, 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 it's not the hangover. It's not the hangover. It's not the hangover. It's a really dark. It's a comedy-ish, but it's really, really, really dark. It's an older movie. Is is it probably inspired by the hangover? Is it Swingers? No. Fuck. Is it the Hangover Part Two? Cameron Diaz isn't it? (laughs) Let me look at her IMDb. Is it the Hangover Part Three? It's probably the Hangover Part Three. No, it's like. All right. While Christian looks for that, you want to go to a break? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make like Ross and Rachel, and we're gonna go on a break. Bye. On, on a break. break. Hey, oh, hey, I'm Ross. Hey, I want to fuck a dinosaur. Hey, I'm Ross. <laughs> My sister is. Her name's Monica Lewinsky. I want to fuck a pterodactyl. <laughs> we're on a break. We were on a break. We were on a break. Hey, I'm. a break and now we're, we're back. back from our break oh my god christian you want to take us through the ultimate episode the finale of war in the pocket the War in the pocket episode six take it away yes it would be my pleasure um this episode is, uh, what, is this? what is this what is this chick-fil-a my pleasure what do you work at Chick-fil-A? Every time you say thank you, I must say I'm compelled. What are you, homophobic or something? You work at <laughs> Chick-fil-A? <laughs> to say my pleasure. <laughs> so um, we kind of open up on uh, to a scene with Bernie and Al working on the Zaku, the Zaku 2 to be specific, uh, to get it in working shape. And... and come to realize that they, they're going to need some extra parts. So they devise a scheme to, uh, to steal a truckload of different, different kinds of supplies. And um, in order to do so, Al kind of throws a fit. And we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode. But uh, he kind of says some things about blaming the Federation for putting everybody in the colony at risk. And I think, yeah, that's a very... It's part of their little scheme, and he's he's putting out a performance, but I think it's it's a very powerful little moment um, in that episode. So they kind of they mm-hmm. are successfully steal some supplies, and um, 
they're kind of going about furthering their plans. And that whole scene was kind of doofy. Just, just a, a little, little heist. Scene. Just a little heist. <laughs> they like they just like stole mini. it from right under their nose, and it was just heist. a little heist. Little baby you know, heist. A tiny, a fun heist. It's a little cute little one. Baby heist. A little cute heist. Yo, fun sized heist. You get these in your uh, your candy at uh, Halloween time. A little fun sized heist. I just want to pinch that heist. I just want to snuggle up. Whatever. Oh, I can put it away in your pocket for later. I can pop it in my mouth. Oh, we're in the pocket. Oh my god! You see how that works? <laughs> Wait, wait, can I say my please, thing? Please. I haven't said it on the podcast yet. Go ahead. What? Yeah. Is that a war in your pocket, or are you just excited to see me? Oh, I think you know it's a little bit of both. Oh, yeah. You need to take that on the road, Simon. Simon, I want you to know that I think that's funny. I've just, I've, I've thought about it so much since you've said it weeks ago. That uh, yeah, it's it's no longer lost. It's, it's completely lost its shock value to me. I uh, I'll do what I do with most things I say to you, and I'll save it for the pod next time. <laughs> Dude, the other day I was asking Michael how his parents were doing, and he said save it for the pod. <laughs> I I. I asked Simon. I asked Simon why he was crying. Like he was bawling his eyes out. Like he was, he was so upset, and he he was blubbering. And I was like, "What's wrong? Like, what can I do to help?" And he said, "Save it for the pod." Like I could barely understand what he was saying. It was just like he was blowing his nose, snot. That's our relationship. Oh. Yep. We're just a bunch of fucking we're not, podcaster boys. We're not real people. You know we us. don't we don't exist outside of this podcast. We're figments of your imagination. Uh-huh. Wake up. Just kidding. That's the prestige. Um should I keep going or do you guys have thoughts? Or thought? No, we can little move heist, past little, little heist. heist. Yeah, keep roll, roll. Okay. Roll through, roll through. Okay. So uh, Al and Bernie are kind of riding in the car, and they're kind of talking about the stakes of the whole situation. And, um, you know, it's becoming a little more real that uh, people's lives are at stake. And that Bernie has a very good chance of not walking away alive from this whole thing. So um, we kind of move from that scene into further preparations for the upcoming showdown between uh, Bernie and the Alex Gundam. Uh, Setting up little traps, getting more parts, uh, more montages, more high fives, and all that good stuff. I I thought this, this I think a lot of the artwork was really showing out during this little montage scene. I especially... Uh, 100%. Simon, I want to get some of your thoughts on that scene with the Zaku in the rain. Oh my, holy shit, Christian. No, I'm so glad you brought that up. The first thing that I thought when I saw that scene was like, because depicting rain in animation is impossible. You can't possibly draw and animate every single rain droplet, every single frame, 
and you know have realistic like fluid simulation for every single range like that's simply not how it works so like there's these tropes of like you know anime rain i think you all kind of like know what i'm talking about and like i'm sure like disney has its i'm thinking like lady and the tramp there's like a rain scene that has like a really good way of like getting around it but this has a very unique rain animation that i've never seen before um it has a lot of like big splotches of white moving around to like communicate movement Uh especially on top of the zaku where it's trying to simulate like a ton of like water flowing off of it like hitting and flowing off of it i actually and i wouldn't have talked about this if you didn't bring it up but like the first i was like this is such a good hack for um you know showing like a torrential downpour especially if you have you know like a geometry that the rain is interacting with like the zaku they did such a good job like simulating these big white blobs moving down I feel like art, and art stuff. like that or animation uh, sometimes is like uh, shadow puppetry or like theater. Sometimes like you use these dude, little optical illusions yeah. um, to get the audience more uh, involved in whatever it is you're trying to communicate. And the little like the the droplets of water, uh, you know, springing back up, and then using those that little mist. Mm-hmm. to communicate that i was you know it's a stroke of brilliance it's just a small detail that just make it just adds to the whole thing that's just satisfying to your eye uh but yeah no i think yeah mm-hmm. they did a really good job with rain like and it's like a little thing like we're fucking talking about rain but like it it looks and so, the the little so the diagnostics screen was very satisfying for me <laughs> oh yes fuck man so cool yeah. All of the parts... Michael's forte, fucking screens. Yeah, all all of the, like, mechanical parts and electrical parts of the Zaku when they're rebuilding it is so cool. I just love that stuff. All little moving parts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we kind of move on again to, you know, Bernie and Al having, you know, heavier conversations you know about whether or not the burning will be successful and all that stuff and yeah i mean it's it's a difficult uh point in their relationship um i just have to say that i really love al's hat and i kind of want one and if you're listening out there and you happen to send me one who knows i might just love you forever Christian, when's your birthday? Uh, September 7th. You really have to know. Alright. We just doxed you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's your mother's hey, maiden your name? Mother's, and your social security. Oh, um, so... What was your favorite pet? This is a Christian podcast, uh, so I can't uh, ignore uh, Alice oh, yeah. Prayer. Uh, I heard it, and uh, I, you know, communicated it. Uh, but uh, who knows how good that's gonna do him? You know. What's the what's the term for like? Um, my mom used to say it. Sorry if you hear Eric meowing. He gets really um inundated by religion sometimes. He gets uh, really excited what, by the Holy Spirit. Uh. 
uh shotgun catholic i know it's i know it's like shotgun wedding but it's like my parents used to say it as a term for like a catholic that's only catholic when they need to be that's like me yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like al has a little bit of that where he's just like pulling it out it's like al oh hell yeah for a christian podcast that's like how kids think about like it's so real that's like how kids think about god like, I specifically remember being a kid and being like, if I lost something, like I couldn't find my favorite basketball yeah, or something, I'd, I'd be like, God, please help me find it. It was like under my bed or some shit. And then I'd find it and be like, <laughs> it was God. Or I'd be like, God isn't real. I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I figured out that God was a fucking fraud. <laughs> but yeah, then we're on game day, baby. We're on game day. So, uh, we... I would have tailgated this. Tailgated the Zaku fight? That would be sick. <laughs> Dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> be like a gladiator. It's, it's a bit of a party know. school. It's a bit of a party colony. Isn't there, like, a future Mobile Suit series about, like, fighting as a sport, like, between... Yes. We're getting there, baby. G. Gundam. Okay. Right, we're getting there. G. We're getting there. So uh, we kind of jump from that scene to Bernie kind of getting ready to mount up, psych himself. Uh, I I love this scene where he looks at the camera, kind of steals his resolve. Um, And then we kind of see Al kind of ridden with anxiety waiting on his father to return. And as they're kind of on their way home, Al realizes that the nuclear warheads that were on the way to the Rhea colony were in fact stopped. So Bernie doesn't have to fight the Alex Gundam after all. But he doesn't know that! (gasps) So Al uh, jumps out of the little tram that they're traveling on. He tries desperately to make it to where uh, Bernie's going to be. Um, and we kind of cut to scenes of Christine, uh, running down the hallway in her, uh, pilot suit, getting ready to jump into the Alex Gundam. Um, so, yeah, I I love this kind of, the music crescendoing and getting more intense and things kind of, like, moving, starting to move really fast. Um... And then we kind of start to see Bernie's plan put in motion. Like some of the smoke bombs start going off in the, the foothills of the forest. And um, then we have the Alex Gundam kind of show up on the scene. And so there's this really beautiful fight news. And uh, Bernie kind of is successful in luring the Alex Gundam into the forest where he's got all his traps and stuff set up. Mm-hmm. And Al is, like, chasing him down this whole time. Like, Al yeah. is just getting, like, closer and closer to yeah, he's, like, the blown around the fight. and tripping and but falling like, everywhere. Nobody can hear him because he's a child. Fucking dumbass. This is, like, a <laughs> dumbass kid move. He's just, like, yelling at a giant. It's, like, fucking yelling at a semi-truck. Like, slow down. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Al? So my Al? question for, for you guys, like, right here. I knew what, that. What do you do? How do you get their attention? 
Dude, I you don't. You just like <laughs> you I, don't. Yeah. You fucking huck. You huck and pray, man. You huck yeah. and pray. Like, there's a no world in which like Bernie. Even if Bernie sees Al, Bernie's like, and he's like, Bernie's getting like fucking like stepped up to by. Yeah. Oh, also, um, can we talk about the scene where I think it's like one of the beauty shots of the RX seventy eight. Um, and it er, and it just shows like the plate number RX seventy eight on its chest at one point, and it's like that was like a really cool nod. Um, in my opinion, that was like last episode. I said that I wanted there to be a moment in which you could see how the events in this series influence uh, the events in zero zero seventy nine, and that kind of that scratched that itch for me, like showing that like RX seventy eight. If I was mm-hmm. in a theater and I was also a much worse person, I would have cheered. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, Christian, I don't think you're getting Bernie's You just attention. can't. Like, you can't. You yeah. can't. Because, like, if Bernie sees Allie, he's not going to be like, oh, shit, I should stop. Like, no. It reminds me of, like, um, you know, you see one of those World Star videos, and it's, like, two dudes just fighting at the mall. And then there's, like, some someone off camera. He's been like, <laughs> stop, 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 stop. <laughs> and there's, like, they're not <laughs> listening to you. Shut the, <laughs> shut the fuck up and watch the fight. Like, dude, TikTok man. has just like absorbed World Star. Have you guys seen that World Star video where it's like these kids fight fighting in the hallway and there's a guy break dancing next to them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that shit like... makes me laugh so hard. Every I think time. I saw that on Vine. I don't. I never watched like World Star straight up. No, I um, hate watching fights. It makes me really anxious. Yeah, it makes me really uncomfortable. That was, like, a good way for me to, like, determine who I wanted to be friends with in, like, middle school going to high school. Like, yeah. some kids would use all their time on the YouTube or on their school computer to just watch, like, fight videos of people. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not cool, dude. There was... I'm I will, cool. Fight I will Night say there's was popular one funny... at Scott County. Oh, yeah, that was popular. I will say the there's one fight video, World Star video that I find really funny. It's when there's the two kids fighting in the bathroom and they like go through the bathroom stall door and there's just another kid in there taking a shit. But he's like mid shit, so he can't do anything, so he just lays his head down on his lap while these other two kids are just beating the shit out of each other. But they're like they're like leaning on this kid who's pooping, <laughs> and like they're not aware at all that somebody's trying to use the restroom. <laughs> that he's taking his shit. <laughs> <laughs> <And it's> just... <laughs> um... <laughs> it's just, it's just a very special moment in our history. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like technology has not gone too far. It's at it's at the perfect spot when this yeah. video came so out. So Al is like the guy trying to take a shit, and um, Bernie yeah. and Christine are like the guys who are fighting. Yeah. The Zakus are going at it, and there's this huge mountain troll in the forest <laughs> trying to take a shit. Like. Oh man! He couldn't do anything. Like the kid taking a shit couldn't stand up because then everybody sees his his naked body. Dude, there's poop coming out of his. He can't wipe. That's embarrassing. So he's just sitting there. Something he can do. Very intimate act. Oh man! Uh, I want to get your all's thoughts on the heat hawk. Love a heat hawk. 
I will. I want one. I gotta get me one. some more heat. What's the heat hog? It's just uh the Zaku axe. It's called a heat hog. The one that Bernie said. Yeah. Yeah. His so oh, how it like lights up. What? Yeah, the heat hawk. It's the axe. Oh, the heat hawk. Heat. I see heat what hawk. you're saying. The, the axe. Yeah, that thing's heat. cool as shit. Y'all heat want hawk. a heat hawk? <laughs> Y'all. I won't. Hey, wanna wanna know what song a donkey give me, makes? Give heat me three hawk. plates of heat hawk. <laughs> give, give me that. Boy, give, give, give me three plates of heat hawk and some baked beans and cornbread. Heat hawk. <laughs> heat hawk. Uh, yeah, like yeah this this fight scene is just like visceral. It's in your face. Uh, yeah, especially as the bullet yeah, holes is... flying into the cockpit. The way that the pilots get injured in World War in the Pocket is like the most brutal of any Gundam so far because they've definitely like personified the mobile suits as the pilots in other Gundam where it's just like yeah. oh the pilot got or the mobile suit got its knee exploded so now that is injured that thus Ruluka is injured at this point but like yeah. Ru's fucking fine like you know like Ru's just limping back to to yeah, the Ru base or fine. whatever yeah leave her alone. Oh, 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 are you, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Bowie. <laughs> That's what my French teacher always said in French class. He would say, Bowie. Ew. I'd say, Mr. Risotto, you pervert. Um, but, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, how they got shot. Yeah, wait, because... Fucking, okay, can we talk about this for a second? When Chris got injured, because Chris got, like, slit, there's, like, a blood splatter across, like, her chest, right? Yeah. Was that the Heat Hawk slicing just enough through the pilot chambers in order to come within um, I think it was, I think it was shrapnel. As a result. Oh. My head cannon is shrapnel as well, because otherwise. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that's just a lot. I think uh, another reason why this a is such a this is such a like visceral fight is because it's two characters that we care about and want to survive, and they don't know. I mean, right. it's, it's like and they care about each, each other. other, and they don't know who's in. Like, it's very ironic. Like, I mean, it is like the most ironic yeah. thing because they're fighting. It's the epitome. It's like it Shakespearean is. irony. Yeah, it is yeah. because they're f- very much like Bernie is fighting for something that he doesn't have to anymore because the nuke is no longer. So he's fighting for no reason. He's fighting against somebody who he likes and wants to be with. And Chris is fighting somebody who she's interested in as well. And Al, who basically wanted all of this to happen, is trying to stop it. So it's just like three people who in a different scene in the show were having a really good time together who all care about each other are now in this conundrum where you know multiple of them could die and i don't know it's just it's very interesting it's very well written yeah yeah i think you did an amazing job like summing up the the dynamics of that whole scene it's just yeah, it's a Shakespearean tragedy, honestly, you know, and 
Totally. Um, totally. And, you know, right after that, you have Al, you know, he's like blown across the field as the Zaku kind of like uh, implodes on itself after Christine kind of impales the jetpack. Oh, yeah. Fucking uh, Bernie loses. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Big time. Um, in a, a pretty big way. Um, yeah. And he's just kind of in shock. And the next scene is uh, Bernie uh, leaving a message for us. Um, and man, I, I the first time, actually, like when I saw when I saw this episode the first first time since I had seen it in a while, I was in tears, big time. Like this, mm-hmm. it was it. I was in my feels. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Well, there's also there's the scene there's the scene where Al is basically paralyzed and he's completely non-respondent from the Fetty soldiers who are trying to make him come to. Um and I found that to yeah. like almost be I don't know, like that was a very affecting scene as well because he's conscious but he's lifeless and you you can see just how traumatizing this experience was. And like, it's not one of the things that's so beautiful about this show and this story and incredible is the fact that like, it does not get erased. Like in the final scenes, he's dealing with processing this trauma. You know, it's like return of the King where Frodo's not the fucking same at the end because of the trauma of the journey. And Al is not the same at the end of this. Like he's different. Mm -hmm. And he is struggling. And um Exactly the whole mm-hmm. video the whole video with Bernie just like basically shows how fucking useless it was, like how stupid it was, how like pointless it was for him to fight. Right. Um and for them to have that plan. It's just stupid. So yeah, I, I agree. Like I mean I wasn't I mean, I wasn't quite in tears, but I was very, like, just struck and, you know, very impressed with the quality of this ending. I don't know. It's just really good. I think, too, Uh, the fact that we're watching a video, a posthumous video, is kind of a symbolic of us supposing to take a couple steps back and looking at the whole thing, you know. Is like a nice touch. Mm-hmm. I think that the show should have ended when the video ended. Yeah, I mean, Even I like the little scene at school. Yeah, no, I I think that the show should have ended like right after Bernie's video showed, and then like it just like cut to credits. I thought that that I I thought that that was going to happen, and I was there's a lot of wrap up after, and I understand why there needed to be wrap up. But how I much wrap up the, like, was there? Like another much, two minutes. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like because I guess the go ahead, Christian. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, anyways, it's just uh, another couple scenes of showing that life kind of goes on, but like Michael said, Alice still dealing with a lot of trauma and processing a lot. They like showed Chris was okay, which was I think important for a lot of viewers. Yes, Chris mm-hmm. is uh being stationed on earth um so she has to leave and she's like say goodbye to bernie for me and then 
<clears throat> yeah, it was like, you know, just salt into the wound. And then you the, killed Bernie, by the way. The very last Dude, what if she knew that and then she said that and that was just like an insanely fucked up thing to say? She's like, hey, Al, say goodbye to Bernie for me. <laughs> say Got goodbye him. to Bernie for me. <laughs> um and the very last scene is uh Al at a school assembly as a memorial kind of uh, in memory of a lot of community members that have been killed in the violence the past week or so. And Bernie starts bawling because he's thinking of Bernie, obviously, and all the stuff that's happened. And his friends turn to him and they're like, don't worry, Bernie, there'll be another war soon. Like they completely don't stand at all. And that's the last thing that you're left with as an audience, which is an indictment, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, to Michael's point, an amazing end to the show. Amazing ending. Yeah. I honestly, I could have, like, stood up and clapped at the ending. Like, it, it's way better than I was expecting. And, I mean, I think it's time for us to kind of get into our wrap-up thoughts. But all in all, I think that I would consider this a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think War in the Pocket is, is almost perfect, if not perfect. And the ending with every like with all of the different threads tying into the end and then the way that they handled the, the whole situation with the nuke and the whole final last act was just incredible. Um, and I think really paid off how good the story was and gave us a interesting and non-satisfying ending to kind of finalize the point of the show, which is that like the people watching the show are the problem. Um, I, I felt like this. Yeah. I honestly like uh -huh. finishing it. I was just so relieved with how good it was. And I can't imagine many other shows coming close to how good that was. It, it was great. I mean, I think anybody could watch that show Gundam fan or not and be entertained and have thoughts because I, I feel like it was very well written, designed, animated the music was incredible I mean, it, it's perfect oh yeah my girlfriend watched, watched that anime and she, and she <laughs> and uh, she's not a Gundam fan at all and she loved it yeah so there you go I think, yeah, this is a good one if you have, like, a friend that is, like, maybe not into Gundam, but, like, likes talking about movies, you mm -hmm. know? Like, this is a good but one. To Mike, like, if you yeah. have a friend... To Michael's testament to the show, right, it's that good. Yeah. That yeah. someone who's has knows nothing about the Gundam branch into it and be amazed by it, probably. Yeah. I almost think that like yeah. it, it's it would be better for like I would rather recommend this as to a like non-anime fan. Like I feel like an anime fan might not like it as much as a non-anime fan would just because I feel like it's the content of it isn't very anime like at all. Um I think at least from I think the, the experience I've it, had watching anime, so 
It depends on the anime fan. Like, if you're talking to somebody like yeah. Alex, maybe, who's who loves Slice of Life, this is right down his alley, you know? Uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who, I bet, like, a Neon Evangelion fan would love this. Yeah. Oh, Hundo P. Yeah, that's probably. Dude, I haven't seen Neon Evangelion yet. Another discussion. We'll do it at some point. I would love to do, I would love to do a spinoff show where we talk about Evangelion because that show is so dense. I feel like there's already a gajillion podcast about Evangelion though. Yeah, there's a bunch of podcasts about Gundam too. (laughs) I just would like to watch it and talk about it. This is the first and only one, baby. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um. Yeah, so I think... Well... We did it, y'all. I think we did it. I think we watched one no. of the pockets. Yo, another one done, baby! Bullet in the chamber? <laughs> I only had one shot at this? Boom! First try. Um, I did want to quickly take a look at our uh, episode zero tier list and see... Uh, just a little uh, look and see where we Dude, put that things wasn't, here. That wasn't Simon who made that. It's like, you know that meme? It's like, if you knew me when I made episode zero tier list, no, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so to remind you, our grades were perfect grade is the highest, master grade, high grade, take it or leave it, woof, trash, so bad it's good, and why does this exist? Um, Where do you think we ended up? Where, Where did we put war in the pocket? You remember? Um, I was biased, so we may have put it. It may. I think I probably was a perfect grade, but it may have been knocked down to that. Simon, do you, do you have any guesses where we put it? I forgot that Christian was biased, so I kind of I kind of trust his opinion. Yeah. So uh, we actually put it in perfect grade. It is our highest. Oh fuck yeah! Tiered one. So we got that spot on. Can I tell you something I'm very surprised by? I kind of um, remember talking about this one. So we, we yes, haven't... Let's hear it. We haven't talked about some of our previous uh, our previous tier lists, so I don't think we've talked about Zeta, Double Zeta, or Counterattack. Do you all want to guess where we put Char's Counterattack? Uh, was it around there? Master Grade level? Take a guess. You have to guess. That's my guess. My guess is Master Grade. grade. We actually put it in Take It or Leave It, which I'm very surprised by. Fuck yes. We're so smart. Yeah. The only thing that we truly got wrong was Double Zeta we put in Woof. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We fucked that up so bad. And we put Zeta in Master Grade. I think, uh, obviously, like without all the context of everything, I would probably put Char's Counter... I don't know. Shores Counterattack probably deserves Take It or Leave It, although I would watch it almost any day just because it's so beautiful um, and the music's so good. Exactly. But it so is... it's not quite a Take It or Leave It. It's just yeah. above that. Yeah, it's probably... It is Take It or Leave It because some days like you it take is... it and some days you leave it. Yeah, I think it might be the definition. I think we nailed I think we nailed it. The only one that we truly fucked up with was uh, Double, Double Zeta. Zeta. Apologies. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies. Yeah, so I think that does it for War in the Pocket. Did you all have any final thoughts 
on this OVA before we close up? My favorite Gundam anime so far, absolutely, and one of my top five favorite animes of all time. That's my final thought for you right there. I also would like to, I think it's important for the viewer to peel back the curtain um, for the production of the podcast as we were communicating on recording word or the pocket. We were calling it Gundam WAP, which I thought was really, really funny. Yeah, I thought that like so okay like we like we give you Mm -hmm. the listeners we give you grade A content, but like sometimes we come up with content that's like just for us and that's like that's the top tier shit you know top shelf. Um, so let it be known like when you're laughing like you could be laughing harder. I mean I've said it before, I've said it before I'll say it again the this podcast is like jazz it's the stuff that we're not saying. And sometimes the stuff that I cut out is the funniest <laughs> shit. <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should hear the, fu- like jazz. the fucked up conversations that we have during the ad break. Oh, man. So actually, yeah. I feel like no. the, the funniest shit happens at the beginning of the episode that no one, no one ever hears. Cold open. It's a fucking tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. You gotta start it that way. It's the only way to do it. That's industry. Industry wide. Industry standard. Union rules. Yeah, so um, I think the plan is to maybe to maybe uh, wrap this up and then do some bonus episodes next. So we'll have a couple of bonus episodes coming at you, including, which... We haven't decided yet when this is going to go out, but we may have already released an episode talking about Hathaway's Flash um, as well. So little little uh, teaser for that. And the next season, F91. F91, Let's go. baby. Let's get into it. Yeah. yeah so 90, 90 years after the destruction of Formula One. <laughs> and i i think uh i think we'll all agree that we probably over covered char's counterattack so maybe we'll, we'll we'll tone it down a little bit for f91 i think i don't think we need to do as many episodes yeah. for a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> holy shit so i mean I'm, so, I'm like proud of us for being able to like crank content, that baby <laughs> content yeah, baby it. yeah it's not the like content we have... cow we gotta squeeze out those it's not like we have 45 years of Gundam content to, to You've got to make about. those sacrifices to the content movie. gods, baby. Burn those offerings, baby. You think, I, you think I live in this one-bedroom apartment for free, baby? No, it's the content. I'm breaking it in, <laughs> baby. It too, baby. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Simon. And of course, Simon. always, always say thank you to Alex. We miss you and we love you. If you're hearing this, um, thank you for your service. Also, thank you. kiss your mother and your father good night. <laughs> yep. Or your legal love, guardian, or your grandma, your or your grandpa, mm-hmm. or your fairy godmother. Yep. Don't tell minors that you love them. Say hello yeah. to your mother if you for me. You only okay? know them for a little bit. Yeah. If like you know a minor for a really long time, like you're old family friends or like, like you're their father or something godfather mo- mother uh brother sister 
grandma, Aunt, grandpa, perhaps uncle. like familial. Actually, you know what? I'm taking uncle off the table. Step. Can't say it if you're an uncle. If you're an uncle, yeah. Nope. Don't don't yes. tell your nephew if you're an uncle. You can say I appreciate if you're you. Your uncle, just keep keep chugging that brewski. Okay, keep yeah. talking about the '97 Mets, <laughs> and just keep keep loving your nephew, but don't say that you love them. No. And don't if you're an uncle. <laughs> no, no. If you're an uncle, don't rebuild the Zaku with your nephew and try to, well, to fight a Gundam. It's a bad idea. You're gonna die. Bad idea. Dude, the bomb. It, the bomb isn't even coming to your town, dude. It got yeah. stopped. You're fine. Don't build it. Leave it yeah. alone. You're gonna traumatize the go, kid. You're gonna traumatize go back to your kid. job. Oh, and thank you, DJ RX78 for the use of our theme song. And thank you to, as always, Kelsey Grammer for the use of for sucking big <laughs> dick, but also for being Fraser and banana pancakes. By Jack Johnson. By Jack just Johnson. Like, Dude, thank you, Banana Pancakes. Thank you, Jack Johnson, <laughs> for the use of our theme song, Banana Pancakes. <laughs> thank you, Mountain Dew Code Red. Are we just thanking food and Howard drink does. now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's all about potential sponsors, baby. Content. Thank, thank you, baby. Bargain Outlet in Portland, Oregon, on Lombard Street. Oh Dude, shit! No, 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 no! Don't, no, no. don't dox our grocery store. Podcast. <laughs> Thank you to Gundam USA. Shout out, Gunplay. Whoa. Shout out, no, 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 no fuck, no. fuck Gundam USA. No. Shout out Sunrise. Shout, shout out Sunrise Entertainment. All right, no free ads. Cut it out. <laughs> no free ads. Cut it out. No this free is ads. not making it into the show. All right. All right. Bye, kids. Good Do night. Do not let your gra- souls be weighed down by gravity. It's a bad idea, and you're not going to have a good time. See you next week when we talk about... This dick is being weighed down by gravity. Fucking Chad, shut the fuck up. (laughs) You didn't speak the entire podcast, and now you're going to pipe in with some fucking shit like that? (laughs) I'm so sorry. He was just sitting quietly in the background, but I I had to have him over. Like My mom knows his mom. I don't know. I mean, like, he wasn't tried, invited to the podcast. He tried to send him out to get a six-pack of Natty so he could get him out, but <laughs> got back. RX-78? More like, are you sucking 78 of my dicks? Wow, Chad. Bad. What is yeah, this, cool. 2005? Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. What is this, 2005? That shit would have been funny in 2005, but it's 2021 now, bitch. Yeah, 2005 was great for that kind of humor, but, uh... Does the six rolled around? We all change. The podcast is over. Bye, everyone. The podcast is over. <laughs> I'm stopping my recording. Good night. See you okay. next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.